welcome to another episode with me. My name is Raven. I don't think I've introduced myself the past couple of episodes, but hey, what's up? <laughs> I am currently drinking uh, decaf coffee, living that decaf life, out of like one of those mugs that is definitely like hand thrown and crooked and like weird and the glaze is uneven and it just, it just hit different, you know? It just hit different. <laughs> I wanted to share that just because it's a moment a moment of joy in my life. Sorry about that. That was my phone. Let me turn that off. Um, today I'm coming at you with a book recommendation. Get ready. Buckle up. <laughs> You'll be getting a lot of these, I think, over, over the course of, I don't know, any interaction with me. I'm full of book recommendations, but I actually just finished this one this morning. And I've recommended it, I think, already to like four different people. Uh, the book is called Wintering, The Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times by Catherine May. And actually, I think um, it's in the transition from hardback to paperback. So um, I actually think the paperback subtitle is something different. I think it's about frozen times or something like that. But the book is called Wintering. and. I've seen this in dialogue kind of all over the place. Um, I follow a, a YouTube, a book YouTuber who mentioned it, that she really liked it. I've seen it just kind of all over the place. And uh, it was one of those books that called to me. It felt really appropriate f to my circumstance. Um, and I, even though I actually usually like rarely buy hardback books, I just went ahead and did it this time because it felt really appropriate to what I was going through. The book itself, she actually, she uses the term fallow times a lot. So it, it's a book that addresses the fact that we as humans also live seasonally. We have, she touches into pagan themes a lot. Not that she's pagan, but she's touching into this idea of the wheel of the year of us, us living in tandem with the seasons of the year. And she touches into that quite a lot and, and references folklore. She goes to Stonehenge at one point, which is pretty awesome. Um, but really what the book is about is how to both embrace and be soft with the winter, the winters, plural, of our lives. So it's a really beautifully written book in that she kind of weaves together a memoir style of writing of her she had a really rough year probably more than one year where her partner was in the hospital her son ended up having to drop out of school she had health issues um, lost her job <clears throat> very similar to the stuff that I'm going through <laughs> and um, it's her kind of chronicling how she felt, what she sought, or what, what she was looking for in those moments. Um, I think it's actually really lovely because a lot of books that speak to shadow times or fallow times or, um, you know, I read another book where she called it a shit show. When, when you're in the shit show, um, there is this tendency for the writer to kind of step out of the muck 
and kind of turn everything into a lesson to kind of be on a soapbox looking down on the people in the muck and just try and hope that they understand that you also were in the muck. So like you understand, but also you're coming from a point of authority. So you still have this, it just, it it can get really self-helpy, you know? But the reason I liked this book so much is that she never does that. Um, there is no grand sweeping conclusion at the end of her chapters, you know. She even ends the book with just this really nice, like, I'm still in it kind of moment. And I really appreciate that. Um, it's definitely not a how-to guide. It's more of a musing, I guess I would say. Um, I, As I was reading it, I kept comparing it in my head to the book Under the Tuscan Sun. So I guess two book recommendations. <laughs> um, although, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. So Under the Tuscan Sun, yes, there was a movie made starring Diane Lane, right? Diane Lane? Yes. I love any movie that's both Diane Lane and Diane Keaton, so I get it confused. But um, that movie was based on a book. The book is actually very different. Um, the movie is before the book starts, if that makes sense. So the book itself, Frances Mays, the author, is... The way she writes is as if she literally harnesses the sun and puts it in a book. Like... If you've ever seen the movie Adam's Family, where um, the guy Tully, the lawyer, he sits in the, the library and he opens a book and the book is about like, I don't remember the specific book, but it's on the beach and the sun is emitting itself from the book into his face and he's like sunbathing. That's what Under the Tuscan Sun feels like. I read it in the dead of winter and it just was the most life-giving thing because it just felt like sunshine in a book. That is what wintering felt like. But instead of sunshine, it was like a uh, huga. Like, you know, she speaks a lot of Nordic traditions, of course. Like, it's hard not to talk about wintering and also the people who have to deal with, like, six months of darkness. Um, but it has that feeling of, like, when you sit down to read this book, it's as if you were cuddled up to a fire in the middle of winter. It's cold outside and you found a little pocket of warmth and you breathe out for a second. That's what this book feels like. Um, so I, I definitely recommend it. It's it's not, as I said before, it's not a how-to. It's more of a, like, let's go to a sweet place while we're both in the fallow times, you know? <laughs> um, so I definitely recommend it. Um, and I wanted to actually read from it. Let's see how well this goes. <laughs> I don't think I've, like, read something aloud in quite some time. But I want to read these two sections that are actually closer to the end of the book just because I just love them so much. So here we go. I've noticed lately a glut of posts on Facebook offering unsolicited advice on how to cope with a crisis. Hang in there, they say, apropos of nothing. You are stronger than you know. They're presented like greeting cards, pastel text on dreamy backgrounds, the words rendered in elegant cursive as though scrawled by a particularly inspirational friend. Reading them, I always assume they're aimed at someone in particular, that the person who posted them has noticed some hint of distress and is sending out an oblique message of support. Either that or they are a cry of help, signals pitched into the ether to come back to their originators. 
This is where we are now, endlessly cheerleading ourselves into positivity while erasing the dirty underside of real life. I always read brutality in those messages. They offer next to nothing. There are days where I can say with great certainty that I'm not strong enough to manage. And what if I can't hang in there? What then? These people might as well be leaning into my face, shouting, cope, 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 while spraying perfume into the air just to make it all seem nice. The subtext of these messages is clear. Misery is not an option. We must carry on looking jolly for the sake of the crowd. While we may no longer see de uh, depression as a failure, we expect you to spin it into something meaningful really quick. And if you can't pull that off, then you better disappear for a while. You're dragging down the vibe. I'm beginning to think that unhappiness is one of the simple things in life. A pure, basic emotion to be respected, if not savored. I would never dream of suggesting that we, sh we should wallow in misery or shrink from everything we can to alleviate it, but I do think it's instructive. After all, unhappiness has a function. It tells us that something is going wrong. If we don't allow ourselves the fundamental honesty of our own sadness, then we miss an important clue to adapt. We seem to be living in an age where we're bombarded with entreaties to be happy, but we're suffering from an avalanche of depression. We're urged to stop sweating the small stuff, yet we're chronically anxious. I often wonder if these are normal feelings that become monstrous when denied. A great deal of life will always suck. There will be moments where we're riding high and moments where we can't bear to get out of bed. Both are normal. Both, in fact, require a little perspective. Sometimes the best response to our howls of anguish is an honest one. We need friends who will wince along with our pain, who tolerate our gloom, and who allow us to be weak for a while while we're, while we're finding our feet again. We need people who acknowledge that we can't always hang on, that sometimes everything breaks. Short of that, we need to perform those functions for ourselves, to give ourselves a break when we need it, and to be kind, to find our own grit in our own time. Like, wow, man, I just, oh, so good. That's just good writing. That's just good writing. And I think like the, one of the things I also, I, I also compare this book to an Elizabeth Gilbert book. Um, if you know me, you'll know that like one of my favorite books to recommend to anyone on the planet is uh, Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic. And Elizabeth Gilbert does the like blurb on the cover of this book. So um, the the uplifting and almost like romantic without being so like superfluous language is very Elizabeth Gilbert, which makes it very easy to read and very soft. Like it's very soft to read. I guess I, that's also why I compare it to Under the Tuscan Sun. Like you're luxuriating in this winter. Okay. Let's see. Okay, here's the other section that I wanted to read. So this is a little bit further in that chapter. To get better at wintering, we need to address our very notion of time. We tend to imagine that our lives are linear, but they are in fact cyclical. I could not, of course, seek to deny that we gradually grow older, but while doing so, we pass through phases of good health and ill, of optimism, of deep doubt, of freedom and constraint. There are times when everything seems easy and times where it all seems impossibly hard. 
to make that manageable, we just have to remember that our present will someday become a past and our future will be our present. We know that because it's happened before. The things that we put behind us will often come around again. The things that trouble us now will one day be past history. Each time we endure the cycle, we ratchet up a notch. We learn from the last time around and we do things better this time. We develop tricks of the mind to see us through. This is how progress is made, but one thing is certain. We will simply have new things to worry about. We'll have to clench our teeth and carry on surviving again. In the meantime, we can deal only with what's in front of us at this moment in time. We take the next act necessary action and the next. At some point along the line, that next action will feel joy again. Ugh, so good. I just, good books are good. So I think that speaks for itself. I need to say nothing else. Um, that, that is my book recommendation for today. I have several others um, in the pipeline, so stay tuned. Um, if you have read this book or if you're interested in reading this book and want to chat with me a little bit more about it, I would love to hear from you. Um, you can send me an email at lightbringerrituals at gmail.com. Um, shoot, if you want to do a book club, look, if you want to do a book club, let me know because like, I think I've wanted to be a part of a book club since like I was really young and it just never works out. So like, let me know. <laughs> No pressure, but let me know. Um, yeah, if you have any questions or if you also read this book and you're like, hell yeah, I loved it so much, uh, let me know. I would love to hear from you. And other than that, I hope you're having a great day. And I hope if you do read this book, it speaks to you and it soothes your soul like it did mine. Till next time. Bye. Bye.